welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Hey, um, I'm going to read this morning from, based my message from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. So if you want to open with me there, that's where we're going to start from. It's on the screen if you didn't bring your Bible this morning. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 17. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. Other translation instead of other translations instead of liberty, they use the word freedom. Freedom. Do you know that we can be free today? We can be free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Not free sometimes. Not free when you measure up. Free when you feel it. Free when you've repented and you've come to church and you've ticked all the right boxes. No, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I've titled this message, Can I Be Free? Can you be free? Can we be free this morning? My prayer is by the end of this message, someone's going to be set free. Like as I was sort of praying and preparing this message in my heart, I was sort of sitting up in my office upstairs and I was like, God, I just pray this would be beyond my words, God. I don't want this. I just pray that I believe it, God, that as we open your word, that it's active and alive, God, that it's going to accomplish what you want it to today. So God, if I'm just speaking freedom, I don't want to be preaching to myself, although I need this. Amen. We all need this. If you're here this morning, I believe that God wants to set you free from things in your life this morning. Can we pray? God, I just know that your presence is already here. God, I thank you, Lord, that as we open your word together today, Lord, that you would speak to us. God, as we read your word, we give you authority for your word to read us. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just identify those things that you want to set us free from this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I can't go any further without mentioning the Broncos. Um, Thank you, Lord, for the Broncos. Um, For those... Oh, seriously, go back to Victoria. No, I'm joking. For those yet to see the light, God, we pray for the Lions as well. We thank you for them. No, that's pretty good, hey? Um, the Broncos. Pastor B's going to be pumped when he comes back. It's pretty cool. If you've come to church today wondering if you can be free, my prayer is that you would leave knowing it's a resounding yes. That today is your day. That God wants to lift your burden, remove your shames, your shames, Break the chains. I'm rhyming. You like that? Confusing myself. Lift you out of the pit. Change that mindset. Now the spirit, the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The next line is interesting. It says, but we all with unveiled face. Unveiled face. That's a random unveiled face. Who's worn a veil recently? No one? Oh, I see that hand, Gordon Hill. Thank you. Actually, can you put that back on? No, I'm joking. He's scary, that guy, so I'd only say that on this side of a couple of rows of people. 
Patara is my bodyguard. You're ready to step in. Thank you, PT. Um, I remember Kim wore a veil at our wedding. Did anyone wear a, a veil at their wedding? Did anyone do that? Oh, the ladies over here. Oh, yeah, I see that hand. Um, oh, yeah, I see those hands. And uh, I remember uh, Sterling, that's Kim's dad's name, Sterling Hart. What a name. Pretty cool name. Uh, he's walking in Kimberly Hart, and Kim is wearing this um, veil over her face. They walk into the church. They come down the front, and then he sort of removes the veil, gives his daughter uh, to me to marry her. But it's this beautiful moment that, as you see, you know, as a husband, who likes watching the husband at weddings? That's my favorite thing. Like, um, I get the privilege of, like, conducting weddings, being a minister, but, um, you know what I mean? And, and it's cool to just to stand there, and, like, the bride's coming in, and it's beautiful, but I love just checking out what the husband's doing, and, you know, most, most of the times he's there, and he's, like, weeping a bit, or he's crying, he's, like just taken back by the beauty of his bride that's coming in the room. This is what it was like on my wedding day. Kim comes in and um, they lift the veil and it's like, wow, like this unveiling. This, I know what it's like to see a face being unveiled. That's what I'm trying to say. The problem is, Paul writing this letter to the Corinthians, he wasn't talking about my wedding day. Paul wasn't there. He didn't see my wedding. He didn't know how beautiful Kim looked. He didn't know all these things, but what he was referencing here wasn't Kimberly taking a veil off. I believe it was Moses. Who knows the story of Moses? Moses in the Bible was a legend. He led the Israelites, God-chosen people, out of slavery. We need some leaders today that are going to lead our world out of slavery, out of bondage. Is there any Moses' spirits in this place that would take background? And, and he led the people out of slavery and then into the wilderness. Who's excited? Uh, the story does get better and they end up in the promised land. But as he's out in the wilderness, God gives Moses the law, the rules and regulations, how to live in freedom. Because who knows, in freedom sometimes isn't always that good for us. I think freedom with boundaries is awesome. We teach our kids this, don't we? Because we want to encourage and equip them to make the right choices. That it's freedom with boundaries, freedom in the right direction, not, not constraints or rules, but freedom with boundaries is the way to live. And as he was giving this, downloading this to Moses, Moses would come away. He literally got to meet, uh, he got to meet God face to face. And as he would walk away, he would realize that people were like, wow, Moses, your face is like shining. How crazy is that? The glory of God was evident on the face of Moses after he met with God. Is something different about us? after we meet with God? Are we visibly different? Is there any identifiers that mark us after we've spent time with God? Maybe your face is glowing this morning. Apparently mine is not. Hey, Glenda. <laughs> I was chatting with Glenda this morning. I'm, I'm throwing you under the bus too, Pastor Glenda. She's down like, oh man, you're looking tired this morning. You're not on anything, are you, Caleb? I'm like, oh, tough crowd. Maybe I need some of this glow. Anyone got any? I was trying to find someone with the right skin shade so that I could, you know, do a bit of a patch up under the eyes. No, I'm joking. I don't really wear makeup. That's a joke. But Moses' face was shining after meeting with God. And, and, and then, but the, the problem is, this is where the story gets bad. Is that he noticed that the glory was starting to fade. After these encounters with God, after these high points with God, the glory would start to fade, so he would veil, he would cover his face up. I'm not sure why. As I read it, I've got lots of questions. One is that 
I think we've all experienced high points in our faith. And it feels like sometimes we don't always live there. It's like our faith is a little bit like this. We experience God and then we don't. And then Moses had this shining face. And as the glory started to fade, he would cover it up. And then he would go back and meet with God again. Then he'd come down, his face would be shining. Then he'd cover it up. And it was almost like this cover-up. Paul here is talking about an unveiled face. The connection between the people and, people and God. This is what Moses' job was to do. He would meet God face to face. After these encounters, his face would shine with the glory of God. It would glow with the presence of God. But this experience didn't last. My experience in Christianity tells me that encounters don't last. I can't live at a conference. Youth camp is good, but after three days, it stinks, literally. <laughs> you can't live there. We can shine with the glory of God. And our job as Christians is to unveil our faces because I'm about to give you some keys that we don't have this passing glory. That we don't have to meet with God every now and then. That this doesn't have to be a Sunday encounter any longer. That is more available than that. But what changed? Something changed. Otherwise, I would be standing here saying, hey, I'm better than Moses. Moses fell short. and he, No, no, that's not my message. My message is, hey, there's more of the revelation of God. We have more of the picture of what God has doing throughout time, and he has sewn it together, and we can see a bigger picture than Moses did in his day. What changed? Jesus. What a beautiful name. We just sung that. Jesus, who became the Christ. He came to earth in flesh. Seriously. In flesh, he lived a sinless life. He changed the world forever. He overcame sin and shame and death, rose again so that we could be free. Then he sent the Holy Spirit. He sent Holy Spirit, and it not only was a moment or encounter with God, but the Holy Spirit was in people. It was like it got released. Remember when Jesus was on the cross? All that crazy stuff was happening. The guy on one side gets saved. The thunder happens. The, the earth turns dark. And the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. What did the veil do? It, it, it segregated the place of God's presence, the holy of holies. It was like God's presence is in there. And you can only go in once you've gone through all the processes and all the rituals. And it's in there and it's separated from you. The normal people like you and me couldn't go in there. We didn't have access to God's presence, but almost, I love the picture of this, is like God saying, no, my presence won't be trapped. My spirit is not in a box. It's not behind a curtain, but it's like coming out. That's why we can unveil, not because we are good, but because of what Christ did, what Holy Spirit is doing in and through us. This isn't a one-time shine up. This isn't a makeover. No, this is a transformation. It's the outpouring of the Spirit. Moses had encounters, but we don't need to ride the emotions of encounters. We don't need to always feel it for God to be doing something in and through us. We have this infilling. Our job is to remove the veil so that others can see Christ in us. We remove the veil not because we're perfect. Not, not at all because we're perfect. 
but we remove the veil because of the work that he's doing in us and we want others to see not us, but Christ in us. It says, now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So where is the spirit of the Lord? Question, where is the spirit of the Lord? Give me a hand, someone. In us. What, in us? You don't believe that, Caleb, do you? Yeah, I do. I 100% believe it. And not just in me, but in you. This is crazy. The Lord of everything sent his spirit, which we just sung about, Holy Trinity. Part of the Godhead is in us. Like, it's, it's in us. So we can shine with the glory of God and our job is to unveil our faces so that others can see it. Unveiled face means that the spirit infills us and we actively remove the veil. We remove the hindrances that would hide the glory of God being seen in our world. What are some of the things that would hide the glory of God from being evident to our world? Heaps of things. The masks we all wear, wear unrepentant sin, distraction, addictions, bad thinking, negativity. These sort of things, they veil the presence of God and what he's doing in our life so that others can't see him. Our work, our job is to remove our veils so that we can reflect the goodness of God, allow God to transform us from the inside out, you see, people are drawn in when they get close enough to see God in us. I, I know I, as Christians sometimes, if I'm honest too, we're really good at having that Christian face. You know that mask that we wear? So you don't really see what I'm really thinking. Or you don't know that I'm really over this conversation. <laughs> you don't know that I really don't feel like being here. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, no, let's unveil our faces because God is good. And when his goodness gets so inside of us, it changes us. Who I've witnessed many people be transformed by the goodness of God. Have you? Yes. I've got story after story of people who are far from God or people I've seen them on an altar and they prayed for and they're like, they're a new person. You don't, I don't recognize them anymore. Something is different about them. That is this unveiling and showing the glory of God. Close enough behind the veil so that we can see and people are turned to God and not turned away from him. But we all with unveiled face beholding. Beholding is an interesting word, isn't it? Who likes that beholding word? No one? Does everyone know what it means? School teachers, are you here? Are you on holidays? Don't worry, you've only got another 12 weeks this year. You see, beholding is beyond looking. It's more than seeing. It's almost like seeing and then connecting. It's like partaking. It's like, you know how you can see a sunset? Or you can behold a sunset. It's like, it's like these emotions are attached. You interact with it. You see it. You feel it. It changes something in you. That day on my wedding day, I didn't just seek him, but I beholded him. I was overwhelmed by her, and I wanted more of that. Can I get an amen? That's a bit weird, sorry. <laughs> I didn't really think that line through. 
But beholding is more than a feeling. Beholding is more than an, an encounter or an experience. It's beholding is this whole encapsulating, God, I want more of you. God, I want more of you. Not looking and leaving, not going, oh, great, yeah, God's doing something over there, awesome. Good for you. It's beyond that. It's not transactional. It's a partnership. Beholding is communion with Christ. My little daughter, Honey, this morning, she was three, nearly four, four in December. She watched this movie, was it yesterday or something? And so she got this idea and she comes to me this morning and she's like, or last night actually, she's like, Dad, when are we going to have a daddy-daughter conversation? I'm like, oh, when do you want to? She's like, how about tomorrow? Tomorrow morning, you and I sit down, just the two of us, not mommy or Jethro around, and we'll have a daddy-daughter conversation. So we sat down today. She's on the stool in the kitchen as I'm making a coffee and we're talking. She doesn't really know what to talk about. She's telling me jokes, doing all this stuff. Like, just like, and I'm pouring out my heart to her, telling her how good she is, how beautiful she is, how she could do whatever she wants in her life. Like, that is beholding. Where we remove the distractions and we look face to face and we're like, this is amazing. God, you're good. And God speaks to us. God, the Father, just like I was doing to my daughter this morning, God speaks to us and he says, there's something in your life. You're called to more than that. Hey, you don't need to be distracted by that. The boundaries that you put there, I didn't. The constraints that you feel are not from me. The things that you've written yourself off, I didn't say that. Those words that people have said, I break now. That's this interaction. That is beholding God. That is partnership with God. That's what it's like. That is beholding. I recently read a book called Beholding. That's why this word jumped out to me so much. And his name's Strawn Coleman, the, the author, and he's a Kiwi. All the Kiwis in the room? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> sorry about last night. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> and, um, and Strawn kind of defines beholding like this. I'll, I'll read a, a passage. He says, Prayer is much more than spoken conversation between us and God. It's a way of existing together. It's not just seeking, but it involves becoming. How cool is that? Like this beholding isn't just seeking God or seeing God. or it, It's like becoming God. It's like we have that much time that we are one with God, beholding his glory. Beholding allows infilling. What do you mean? Well, have a look at, with me at the Ephesians. Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians 5 Verse 18 says this, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Who thinks that's a, true? If you don't believe me, speak to someone who's a recovered alcoholic. Ruins your life. <laughs> it says that instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, this word isn't just a one drink wonder, if that makes sense. This filling with the Holy Spirit isn't just a, oh yeah, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit once, or, or I received that once, or I felt something once in a meeting. No, 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 this is a continuous, this is a present tense word, this filling. It's continual. God hasn't turned the tap off. The, this filling is not a one-time event. This is a God, I'm your child. <laughs> Jesus, I receive the goodness 
I receive your grace and forgiveness. And then you know what? It's like we open up and this filling of the Spirit does not stop this side of eternity. I'm not sure on the other side. I don't even know if we'll need to because we'll just, I don't know. But that excites me. There is more than what you've experienced. That's what I'm trying to say. You haven't experienced the depth or the height of the goodness of God yet. This is not a once thing. This is not a conference vibe. There is more. The spirit of the move of the spirit is beyond what we've known or seen in our lives before. This is beholding this position in ourselves, saying, God, I'm open, I'm open, I'm open, I'm open, I'm open. And do you know why he just continually fills us? Our job is not to become damn Christians. Damn like the damn wall. <laughs> Where we would block the flow. No, no, our job is to be overfull. So that as he fills us and fills us and fills us, that there's this natural overflow that blesses and transforms our world. It's not a hard work. Oh, should I open the, should I open the damn wall? Should I open the floodgates? No, I'm going to keep it in. I'm going to hold all of this God to myself. And that's not the plan of God. The plan is he'd constantly fill because we would constantly be leaking. Shout out to Dan Castle, our resident plumber. Did all of our leak, he fixed all of our leaks yesterday at church at the spring clean. Woo! But the, <laughs> he's not even here. Classic, he's married to a school teacher, so they're enjoying school holidays. You know what that's like? Off in the caravan this morning, apparently. What am I saying? There's, there's a healthy leakage of God in our lives. Hey, God, fill us up, and I'll bless you what. And it's not a striving or a struggle, it's beholding. It's I'm positioning myself, I'm receiving from you, God. Continue to pour out. It's glory to glory. Disclaimer. Beholding and being full of the Spirit is not replacement of accountability and professional help at times. We all need help at times. Can I encourage us? There's moments in my life where I need God and I need someone to help me direct that in my life. The third thing it says there is mirror. It says, um, where, where am I at? It says, unveiled face beholding as in a mirror. Who's done any mirror work lately? Dan Russell, I see that hand. <laughs> Dan Russell was going around the working bee ton. Everyone how hot he was yesterday. True story. Classic youth pastor. Oh, I'm so hot. Everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> there might have been some context, but I forgot it. Makes the story better. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. We spoke about this at my Men's Connect group on Thursday night. What a bold statement Paul's saying here. Hey, copy me because I'm copying Christ. It's like, oh, what? Put your hand up if there is no area of your life <laughs> that you wouldn't want copied. I find that as like this challenge going, what? Oh, wow, Paul, wow, confident. Imitate me. Hey, copy everything I'm doing because I'm just copying what Christ is doing. What a bold statement. Could we say that? That is a plan that we would mirror the goodness of God that others could see us, that others could see God in us and want to mirror it as well. Do you know that you are an image bearer of Christ? Genesis 1, 27, God created mankind in his own image. 
In the image of God, he created the male and female, he created them. You're made in the image of God. We are the one thing in creation that carry his image. The Imago Dei, the image of God, you are his image. You're his image bearer. We mirror. But the problem is that sometimes we don't always mirror accurately. I think of those mirrors at, um, what's that place at surfers? You know, like um, the Believe It or Not, is that what it's called? You know the place I'm talking about? Yeah, Ripley's Believe It or Not. And the mirrors, they make you look all weird. Do you know what I'm talking about, those mirrors? Or maybe that you've seen them at like a sideshow alley or something like that, you know, and you've got the one where it makes you look like short and wide or like real tall and skinny or like whatever it is, and we pick, because we all want to be what we're not. So we pick which one we look better and we take a photo in it. Is that what we do? I don't know. But it's like this distorted image. We need to get close enough to God so we have a clear image so what we're reflecting is accurate. We need to get closer to God so that we can get a clear image so what we reflect is accurate. If you want to mirror Christ, get a clearer picture. Don't be a distorted mirror. Some of us, it's like we've got so much toothpaste on us. Seriously, my kids at home, I'm just going to give them a random shout out. I've told you all the good things. I think they get more toothpaste on the mirror than in their mouth. Do you know what I'm talking about? How does that even work? It's like, wow. I can't even see myself in that mirror. I wonder if we're like that sometimes. Where there's so much mess that we're supposed to be reflecting this Imago Dei, this image of God, this goodness of God, the beauty of our Creator. But we're so messed up that we're... Hey, God wants to set you free from those things that are staining or clouding His work in your life this morning. So can I be free? It's a resounding yes from me. But my words aren't the ones that matter. Let's read it in John's Gospel 8, 36. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Some of us need to speak that over ourselves right now. Hey God, you set me free. Christ, you set me free. I'm free indeed. Hey, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. That's not sticking around here any longer. That stain is removing. Like, I'm getting some Holy Spirit nappy sand right now, and that's gone. (laughs) Seriously, I'm coating that mirror with some anti-fog. So when I have the hottest shower in the world, I'm not clouding up. God, whatever it is, I don't, no, 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 God, Holy Spirit, you've set me free. I am free indeed. I have received your freedom. I will reflect your freedom. I will reflect your goodness. I will reflect your grace, which you have so freely given to me. Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, if the Spirit of God is in us and through us, He is how we live. He is why we live. We live in and through Him. It's not my own strength that I do this today. It's the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Our freedom is not earned. It's received and then actioned. Our job is to steward. Our job is almost to enact it. Do you ever feel like you're acting this life? I do sometimes. And that's okay. Do you know why? Because God is doing a work in my life. So there are times when I act not by what I feel. There's times that I act by what 
I, I don't act on what I know about myself. I act on what I don't know because my God is better and he's doing a work in my life and it's who I'm becoming, not who I've been that's important in my life. Some, ha- some of us have forgotten our freedom. It's like, do you remember what it was like when you said yes to God and it's like you felt free? You felt like you lost 30 kilos of weight. Like, you know, like that mental weight. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like that spiritual weight. Like that, it's like, I'm free, God. I can have hope again. I'm not living in fear or burdened down. But over the years, these little things have just attached themselves to our lives, attached, attached, and it feels like you're not free anymore. This morning, let's shake some things off our life. Holy Spirit, would you remove that off our life? Holy Spirit, would you do a work in us? I want to leave free because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. There is no condemnation. Those words are not sticking to me anymore. I'm not the old Caleb anymore. I am new and I am free because of him. Our job is to act on it. Hey, I'm walking in freedom. That's not holding me back anymore. That thinking... No, 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 get out of my head. I'm walking in freedom today. And we speak freedom. Who here prophesies over himself? I'm sorry this morning, Pastor Don McDonnell is not here. There wasn't room in this building for that mo. It's a good moustache though, isn't it, if you know Don McDonnell. That's where Pastor Byron and Anna are this morning. I don't wait for a prophetic word from Pastor Don the two times he comes a year. No, I speak over my own future. Those things that I was saying I do to my daughter, I do to myself. And it's not even because I'm good. It's because he's good in me. So I speak over things that I'm struggling with. And I say, no, God, I'm not doing that anymore. God, I need breakthrough for that. Caleb, your future is better than that. Caleb, you're a bigger person than that, not because of yourself, but because of Christ in you. Caleb, you're going to reflect the image of God. Caleb, you're going to go from strength to strength. Caleb, that fear or that insecurity is not going to hold you back anymore. We speak freedom, and you can speak freedom over your own life today. Stop forgetting your freedom. Remember your freedom. 2 Corinthians 5.19 That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed us to to the word of reconciliation. You can be free. And do you know what I found about freedom? Freed people, free people. When you start to live outside of the boundaries that this world puts on us, it's like others want that freedom. When you're not overwhelmed by the opinions of others, it's like people are like, what? When you don't fall in line, if we don't agree, people are like, what, can you do that? Yeah, because I'm free. Because I'm not bound by the opinions or the processes or the thoughts of others. I am free. So here's the application. I've got three quick application points before I close. Number one, stop the cover-up. Remove the vow. You don't need to ride the wave of encounters. We have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You don't always need to feel it for God to be doing a work in your life. The moments where I've seen the greatest growth in my life are not always the moments that I've felt it. A lot of the times they're the moments when I haven't felt it. And you know what I've done? Kept doing what I've heard Him say. I'm just going, hey, God, I, I don't know what you want from me now. I don't know the direction, but you know what I do know? 
I do know is that you've spoken to me in the past and you've given me this direction. I'm going to continue in that direction. Despite whether I feel it, despite whether it's easy, I'm going to continue towards you and your goodness in my life. Number two, we foster a posture of beholding. We, some of us, we, we've lost our first love. We used to set time aside in our lives for God. And now we just have an hour on a Sunday. And Slats is going over time and we're all like, what? That's my hour done. The band's back up. Someone tell him. Wrap it up. No, 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 no. This beholding of God is just setting time aside. Hey, I'm not Netflixing. I'm opening my Bible. I'm positioning myself. I'm not just praying through my prayer list of the things that I need for God, but God, I'm spending time with you. I'm investing into this relationship. We need to foster a posture of beholding. And number three, we reflect Him. We can receive breakthrough while helping others. In the Gospels, I see a pattern of people receiving their miracles later than they thought, right? Just follow me. Later than they thought and after seeing other people receive theirs first. Have you noticed that? God was like doing a work in their life this whole time. That they were witnessing God heal others first and, and other people see the breakthrough. Other people see the change. Has anyone felt like, oh no, I have. Like, God, I've been praying and believing for that and they get it first? No, 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 that's not the important. Be encouraged. That fills me with faith, not discouragement because what? If God can do it for me, it's only a matter of time before He's going to do it for me. If God can do it for them, it's only a matter of time before He can do it for me. See other people's breakthrough, not as discouragement, but as faith building. Saying, well, God, you did it there. Come on. I'll add that to your reference. You can be trusted. Oh, what? You did it for that person? That? Well, that person? I'm trying not to look at anyone while I'm saying that person. You did it. Oh, God, you could do it for me. It's not a mission to reflect Him. When we understand the goodness and the greatness of God in us, it's a natural progression. God, I love because you first love me. In this moment right now, as I wrap up my message, I just want to extend an invitation before we close this service for anyone here who does not know God. Maybe you're here and you've been in a church before, or maybe you haven't. This morning, if you're not in a relationship with God and you would like to be, I would like to extend an invitation to you. What does that look like? It's really simple. For me, it looked like making a decision to receive the forgiveness and the love of our God. For me, it was, I prayed a prayer and I'm happy to lead you in that prayer this morning. And I said, hey God, you know what? I've been in life in my own strength. God, forgive my sins, change my future. I accept the love and the grace that you've given me. And from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. That's what it is. That, that was my experience of being saved or becoming a Christian. It was as simple as that. And that is the invitation that I would like to extend to you. So can we just bow our heads and our, close our eyes for a minute? And if you're here today and you're saying, hey, Caleb, could you pray that prayer for me? I want to know what it feels like to be free from shame. I want to know what it feels like to receive the love and the grace of God afresh. Include me in this prayer. If that's you, I would love you to raise your hand right now. We'll pray. Who is that? Say, hey, Caleb, I want to receive God today. I've been walking my own way. I want to start a brand new start today. Awesome. I see that hand. Thank you. 
Is there anyone else today that says, hey, that's me? Got one lady. Is there anyone else? Say, hey, Caleb, include me in this prayer. Last chance. Fantastic. Could we stand to our feet? In a moment, church, we're all going to pray this prayer together, but um, that one lady that put your hand up, I'm going to ask you to be so bold. Would you, um, would you, could I pray with you personally? Is that okay? Um, so why don't you come down the front? We're going to pray this together. Um, Church, you ready to pray with us? Ready? Repeat after me. Dear God, today I accept you as my Lord and as my Savior. Today my past is gone and my future begins. This is my brand new start. I'm going to live it. I receive your love, your forgiveness. And from this day forward, I am a new person, a new creation in you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. That's beautiful. Um, one is hang with Kim. That's awesome. Um, over to you, Mel. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.